family, what's going on? It's Kyra Fisher, I'm your host of Mind Daycare. I am so happy to be here. And so we're just gonna get started. My husband, let me start with a little story though. My husband went to Belle Isle. So we live in the D, Detroit, for those who don't know what the D is. And my husband went to the giant slide and he had his camera out and he was just videotaping people coming down the slide. Oh, but what he caught with the lady coming down the slide, older, older woman had to be like late 50s, early 60s. As she was sliding down the slide, y'all, she lost her wig. And my husband caught it all on video. And then I edited it and I added it to my Facebook page. So go over to my Facebook page if you want to see the video. I also uploaded it on TikTok and I think my Instagram. And so if you go follow me on any three of those social media platforms at Mind Daycare Podcast, you'll be able to see the video. But the funny thing about it was my son was with my husband. So my son comes home and he's like, Mom, uh, I want to tell you something. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, he's getting ready to really lay it on me, right? He's getting ready to really lay it on me. And so he says, Mom, I got to tell you something. I said, yeah, okay, what is it? He said, your hair is not real? Like a question mark. <laughs> so for those who don't know, I'm natural, but I do wear wigs as a protective style for my hair to grow underneath. And uh, I told my husband, my son, I said, no, my hair isn't real, but that's okay. You know, I paid for it. It's, it's still, it's real to me. <laughs> it's real to me. So I was, I, I was like, oh no, you know, my superpower now, my superpower is my wig. I don't even take my wig off in front of my husband and my son, even though they know they never see the transition of be putting it on and off. They just see me with it on or off. But ladies, don't let your husband see the transition that you take your wig off. They will be traumatized. This is equal as to a husband seeing his wife give birth and is there right as the baby is coming out, right? Your husband seeing you in the transition of you taking your wig off and putting it on, he will be traumatized. Keep the secret, ladies. I'm telling you now, keep the secrets. So I am just excited about this podcast. It's new for me. Um, I'm learning. I mean, I'm just, I just want to have a, a good time. I'm a fun person. I want to have a good time, but I also want to lay down some foundational truths, um, you know, just to help us get our minds together um, in this series or this podcast called Mind Daycare. Every day, every day, watch the thoughts that are coming into our minds. Um, if the thought isn't helping us, you ask every thought that comes to your mind, is it helping you or hurting you? If it is not helping you, you need to discard it or cast it down. Uh, a, a, a psychologist, I can't remember his name right now, but he, he used to say, or he says he names um, the negative mind um, in him, right? So if a negative thought, um, he'll name it like, oh, oh, there, there's Bob, there's Bob again. You have to name these things or name the negative thoughts because you need to understand that these thoughts are not your own. I don't care if you hear the thought in your own voice if the thought comes against who you are and what your character is and what you know you believe in, then you need to disregard it. 
and you may have to disregard it. Literally, you guys get ready to work. I'm telling you, get ready to work. You may have to disregard it every second. Somehow you responded to the negative thought with such fear that your amygdala uh, in a limbic part of your brain is saying, okay, I'm gonna give this to her on overload because she's afraid of it, meaning we have to protect her. So let's keep giving it to her so that she will be ready uh, to fight, flight, or freeze. It's that part of your brain that protects you from danger, but it works against you um, when you respond to something in fear. And then um, it tries to make sure that you're protected from it. So it'll give you these thoughts that you responded to in fear over and over and over and over. Because I know you're wondering why sometimes we these intrusive thoughts. Why do they keep coming? Why aren't they going anywhere? Then the easiest way so that they will not you know, stay is to not give it even, don't even give it any attention. One of my philosophies is I am solution focused. I am not problem focused. When somebody comes to me at my job with a problem, I try not to get involved with the whole, you know, I'm sick of this. What is this problem? It's another problem. Cause that is just going to aid to my frustration. I instantly say, okay, that's the problem. What's the solution? Seriously, when somebody comes to me with a problem, I say, okay, that's the problem. Now, okay, let's take all of this energy that I used to put on the problem, saying how much is of it, it is a problem, and I put it on the solution to say, let's get a solution quickly, and I can get one quicker when I don't focus or give all my energy to uh, to the problem. So today, um, with the giant slide, you know, I started off with it that, and with that whole story of my husband um, videotaping that. Uh, I like the way the grandma, even though she got more guts than me, because no way I'm getting on that giant slab. I, I rode that giant slab when I was younger, and I never came down the same. <laughs> Either I come one time, I come down, I burn my arm. The next time <laughs> I come down, I, I hit the gate, you know, sliding down. But what that grandmother was trying to do or was doing was finding her happy. And we have to um, figure out what makes us happy so that we can live our best life. You know, my pastor says, um, you know, we really should be happy every day. That is really, really true because it is not what happens to you. It is how you respond. It is not what happens to you. It is how you respond because a lot of people want to gauge their happiness on the situations. Okay, I'll be happy if this goes this way. I'll be happy if this turns out this way. You can't it can't your happiness cannot be based on ifs. It has to be based on an intentional daily focus intent to be happy. So when we have a situation, we need to see the solutions first or what is in the problem that is 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 solid or is good so that we can get a get a quicker or a greater solution. So when we look at the problem or situation, you know, it may be you uh you lost your job, right? And oh that's horrible because you got bills to pay, right? You gotta eat, all of that. But you gotta look at it. Okay, this is an opportunity for me to find something better. Um, I remember a long time ago when I got my bachelor's degree in social work, I was working for someone full time. Then they bumped me down, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, contractual. 
And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to just gonna quit because I can go to school and get my master's degree. I have an opportunity, right? So I looked for the opportunity in that solution. I had just bought a house when they came to me and put me on contractual, meaning that my money was going to be based on how many clients that I saw. And it was a new program. So it was kind of really hard to build financial security on a new program. So I said, okay, what, yeah, it it really sucks that they come to me letting me um, go to contractual, having me go to contractual. But I said, what's the opportunity? I said, aha, (laughs) I can go back to school full time and get my master's degree. So we have to find uh, happiness um, in every area of our life to be able to maintain the happiness. So it's a questionnaire or survey out there called the Oxford happiness questionnaire. I'll put the link in the show notes and I want you to go on there. So what the Oxford happiness questionnaire is, you, you it's a questionnaire, actually about 26 questions um, to assess how happy you really are. I went on there, I took the questionnaire and at the end, my score was, I was, it said I was pretty happy. And I thought, I didn't even realize that, you know, it's a good baseline. I'm not saying it's a diagnosis or anything like that, this questionnaire, but the baseline was, so you agree or disagree with each statement. It may say, do you find the positive in every situation? And so then the question, that's the question. So you either strongly disagree or you strongly agree with that and some other things in the middle, like neutral or something like that. It scored me as being pretty happy. And I thought, I didn't even realize that. I mean, I, I try to be pretty a pretty positive person, and I've been through a lot, y'all. We we'll get we we'll get to that in upcoming shows, but I've been through a, a tremendous amount childhood traumas. I'm t- I am telling you, and one of the statistics and traumas for women is uh, research shows that women who have experienced childhood trauma have a great a greater likelihood. Of, of being um, a substance abuser. And so I'm grateful to God that that wasn't my story. And, and it's because that I decided that it wasn't going to be my story. And I had support and all of those things around me to make sure that that wasn't my story. And I'm a fighter, you know, so we have to be a fighter. So this happiness questionnaire, it said that I was pretty happy. I was pretty shocked <laughs> saying that I was pretty happy. Um, and I said, wow. So that gave me hope because I said, wow, I, after I stepped back and I look at it, I said, I am pretty happy. And that's a great baseline. So I say everything that I'm going through uh, physically or mentally means nothing because at the base of it, I am pretty happy. So I'm like, let's build off of that, that I am pretty happy. So you have to ask yourself, what makes you happy? So what makes me happy is helping others, seeing other people smile, has nothing to do with material things. I love to help people. I love it. Love to help people because it does something for me. Um, In the fellowship, if you ever heard of NAAA, in the fellowship, uh, they say you have to give it away to keep it. And I never knew what that statement meant. You got to give it away to keep it. What it meant is you have to give love to keep love. When you give love, right, 
You're not focused on you. So as you're giving love, you have love to give and you're able to keep the love because it's like this reciprocal thing that's going on. As you give it, it's being given back to you. And so um, I love that, that you have to give it away to keep it. And another point I want to try to make is where does it start? Where does happiness start? So you have to ask yourself, where is happiness starting for you? Happiness really starts from within. We talked about that. It's how you see it, your perception. Um, you have to stay in the present because most of the time our happiness is hijacked because either we're too far in the present about what if, and that causes anxiety kind of symptoms, or we're too far into the past, which causes depression because we're upset about what happened. But if we stay in the present and be thankful, have an attitude of gratitude, people say, and be thankful. When I'm feeling bad, I just open my mouth and I begin to thank God for everything that I have. And that changes my mood. Or I'll start singing, you know, I'll start singing a song. That just changes my mood. Happiness starts from within. And celebrate the good in you. So many times we do not celebrate the good. We always highlight the, the, the negative. Human beings are so, so uh, habitual in highlighting the negative. Man, when I do good now, I go hard when I do good. Just as hard as I go on myself when I do bad. I mean, I, I would dwell on what I did good for a whole week. I get up in the morning thinking like, girl, you really did your thing on that. Pat myself on the back. I mean, I give it the same level of energy that I gave to myself when I did something wrong. My husband used to always say, you need to take the butt kicking machine off. You really do need to take the butt kicking machine off. Take it off. Take the butt kicking machine off. And I'm telling you, take it off. Retire it. Put it to the side. Break the leg on the butt kicking machine so that you can live and you can be happy. And part of happy is laughing. A lot of the times people are stuck in mental dilemmas and, and have symptoms of anxiety and symptoms of depression because we don't know how to laugh. We really have to learn how to dig in and just laugh, laugh it off. Five reasons I'm going to give you real quick. Five reasons why, why laughter, they say, is, is the best medicine. And it's, it's a scripture in the Bible says laughter does good to the body like medicine. But it's five reasons. One reason why it's good to laugh. It reduces stress. It limits or uh, reduces the um, possibility of having depression. And we know when we have stress and chronic stress, I mean, long-term long -term stress, it can cause sickness, respiratory problems. Have you ever, no, just, just right now, right now where you are, just take a scan of your body and just see how, how your breaths are. Are you holding your breath right now? If you're holding your breath, that's a sure sign that you are suffering from some, some stressful, uh, chronic stress or some stress. Just notice your breathing. Or notice your muscles. Is your stomach tense right now? Is it relaxed? Is your shoulders tense right now? Or are they relaxed? If it's tenseness, it's, it's, it's time to work on the mind to begin to release um, this stress off of your body. 
So five reasons why laughter is the best medicine. It reduces stress. Number two, it strengthens your immune system by increasing antibodies, which help fight off diseases. Number three, it makes difficult situations a little bit easier. When you laugh for a few seconds, it interrupts the pain when you laugh. And if you keep stacking that, keep laughing on different situations on throughout the day, and I know you say, I don't have nothing to laugh about. Create something to laugh about. We have the strongest muscle in our body is the mind. Create something to laugh about. And when you laugh, it makes the situation more easier. For a few seconds, you interrupt the pain when you laugh. You hear me? You interrupt your pain when you laugh. Um, sometimes when I've been to funerals and someone gets up to say remarks and they say something funny. And when I was younger, I thought, I'm funny at a funeral. No. When you laugh at that moment, it interrupts the pain of the reality. And if you keep adding that, you keep adding that, your emotions... Um, begin to build stronger and you take that pain, it goes from, I believe is the amygdala part of your brain or the limbic system to the frontal lobe, where it's more of your decision-making skills, your uh, logic. Um, and so when that memory of that painful past experience comes back up, you're responding mainly from a logical mind where you're not just completely broke down because of the memory occurs again. So laughing, it strengthens the immune system, makes difficult situations a little easier. Uh, number four, when you laugh, it releases uh, happy hormones. <laughs> They're released. So hormones like dopamine, which increases your moods. Um, adrenaline, which makes us more alert and receptive. Um, serotonin, when you laugh, it, which helps to calm us. It releases uh, the hormone of endorphins, which is a pain reliever. So laughing has so many benefits and, and being happy has so many benefits. And you have to stop, stop, stop letting your pain hijack your happiness. Another thing, stop the blame game, right? Stop the blame game. It's, it's not what happens to you. It's how you respond. And then don't waste, I remember T.D. Jake said this, don't waste what you've been through. Use it, put it to use. Why do you think so many people of so many nonprofits um, are successful, whether it's domestic violence, nonprofit, or um, uh, some particular nonprofit for a cause? It's because that person been through it or they created a foundation. That person has been through it and they're deciding to take all that pain and put purpose to the pain. We have to put purpose to our pain. And when we do that, we're able to help other people. Uh, so that that's just, that that's it. That's really it. Finding happy, you guys. We got to find that happy. Um, and you, and you got to be your biggest cheerleader. So what are the five reasons why we should laugh? One, it reduces stress. Two, it strengthens the immune system. Three, it makes difficult situations easier. Four, it releases releases happy hormones. Um, and number five, uh, I I saw this in on an article. I think his name was Dr. Golson's Sethi. He was the head um, cardio surgeon in 2015 um, at a university. But he said laughter activates the body's natural relaxation. So. 
to do. Homework, homework, everybody, to do. I want you to act as if you are at the end of a thing, right? Act as if whatever you're going through, you are at the end of it. Act that way. Don't act like you're going through it and, it, and the painfulness of it. Act like you're at the end. What does that look like? What does that look like if you were at the end of that thing that was causing you so much pain? Would you laugh more? Would you go shopping? What would you do? So that concludes today's um, episode, you guys. I want you to be blessed. I want you to focus on laughing. That is your homework assignment. I want you to laugh more. I want you to think of three things that make you laugh, and I want you to focus on those three things for the rest of the week. All right, you guys, be blessed.